And welcome back once again to Truth From The Heart with Travis Sullivan. And today's episode is to stop looking like the world or getting the world out of different areas of your life. I've noticed too many Christians doing things that in their lives that make them look like the world. And I've also noticed that some churches are bringing the world into their walls. We are called to be in the world, but not be of the world. And I'm not looking to throw stones. I'm just asking you to do a heart check and look at different areas of your life. And if you feel a convicting power about something I talk about today, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit doing a work in your life. And I don't want to make it seem as if I'm perfect or I don't struggle with anything, but I think the more conscious that we are of how we live our lives, the more we will try to live like Christ each and every day. And this was one of the hardest episodes for me to do. It was hard for me to write the script. There was a lot of spiritual warfare, and then I got busy trying to get it recorded, and this has by far been the hardest episode that I've had to record. And so, again, you know it's a good one. The devil doesn't want you to hear this one, because we have the world in too many areas of our lives. We need to get it out so that we can live more like Christ. Just as a reminder, before I get started today, I do have an email set up for the podcast. If you have a question or you have a comment about something that I say on one of these episodes, you can email truthfromtheheartpodcast at gmail.com. Truthfromtheheartpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and connect with you and just get to know you. And again, if you've got questions, comments, maybe you need the link of where to download the episodes again, you can get all of that by emailing truthfromtheheartpodcast at gmail.com. So, you know, I always like to start with the basics. And so let's start with the basics. The basic is if we are Christians, then we are claiming to be a part of a kingdom that is not of this world. As I mentioned in the intro, we are children of God and we are to be in the world, but not be of the world. And I'm going to start today with 1 John 4, 4. And as always, I read from the ESV or the English Standard Version. 1 John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he is who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Jesus's kingdom is not of this world. So if we are children of God, we have overcome this world as well. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. How powerful is that? Another reminder that we have that Jesus's kingdom is not of this world is Jesus prayed a special prayer in the garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. It's called the high priestly prayer. And you can find it in John 17, and I'm going to be reading verses 14 to 19. This is part of the prayer. And again, John 17, 14 to 19, it's called the high priestly prayer. And it's the part of the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. Wow, what a powerful prayer that is from Jesus. He sent us into this world. We are to be in the world, but we are not to be of the world. Did you hear that? He prayed that we are protected from the evil one. And God does protect us from so many different things. But again, we cannot have a witness 
in this world if we are looking and doing things that the world is doing or we are supporting things of this world. And that's so important. That's really the basic thing to understand. It's also important to understand that Jesus said many times that his kingdom is not of this world. Jesus didn't say much during his trials, but one of the last things that he is recorded to say is, again, he reminds us that his kingdom is not of this world. I love his answer to Pilate, and that is in John 18.36. John 18.36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Again, Jesus really did not say much before his crucifixion when he was standing before Pilate. And in some ways, I think it's like Jesus is saying, you don't understand. My kingdom is not of this world. And I love that verse that I read earlier. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we can't expect this world to necessarily understand what the life is like as a Christian or you know why we love God so much, why we try and live like Christ. But for those of us that are Christians and that are trying to live like Christ. That's why it's so important. We do not look like the world. Again, Jesus reminds us over and over again, my kingdom is not of this world. We are to be in the world, but not be of the world. And I think sometimes we either bring the world into our lives or we try to be a part of the world because everyone wants to be loved and accepted. But we have to also remember that this world hated Jesus. And there is a passage, and it talks all about the hatred of the world. That's actually what the passage is called, and it's John 15, 18 to 25. That's the entire passage. I'm not going to read the entire passage for time's sake, but I do want to take a look at the first two verses in that passage. And again, this passage is titled, The Hatred of the World. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, because you are not of the world. But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So that's why I'm asking you do a heart check. Take a look at different areas of your life. And if the world's applauding it, if the world says, yes, that's that's wonderful, then it may not be of the kingdom of God, because I don't think this world's going to applaud anything that is of the kingdom of God. Because one thing I've heard about this section or this verse where it talks about how the world hated Jesus is, you know what? Hey, it's okay to be hated. We're in good company. The world hated Jesus first, and we're going to be hated in his name. We're going to be hated because we claim the name of Christ. So that's just the way that it is. So don't think that in your life you have to bring something into the world to be accepted, because who cares if you're accepted by this world? We have to stand in the kingdom and stand on the truth of God's word. And one of the earlier episodes that I did, I talked about standing for the truth, no matter the cost. It's not easy to do, but we are called to do it. We are to stand on the truth of God's word. And again, we're going to be hated by this world. And, you know, as as crazy as this may sound, I kind of like to say, I love to be hated because then I know I'm I'm doing what God wants me to do. Because if this world is not applauding what I'm doing or what I stand for, then again, I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. Many choose to live like the world or be accepted or to fit in, but I believe that if we do that, then we have no witness. If we look or we're embracing things of this world, then our lives don't look any different from those that we are trying to reach. And I know some would argue and say, you can't tell if someone is saved or not, but I believe that you can. I believe actions speak louder than words. Especially the closer that you grow to God, the more you can spot a non-Christian a mile away. 
And I'll talk either later today or in the next episode about how we can know someone by their fruits. And I would ask you this, if you were to hold up a mirror in your life, would it reflect the world or would you see Christ? And again, there may be some areas of your life where you're good and and you're following Christ. Christ is in that area of your life, but there may be other areas where you've got too much of the world, too much of an influence of this world in your life. And that's what I'm asking you. Pray, ask God, God, get the world out of this area of my life. Make me more like Christ. Because again, we're never going to be exactly like Christ. We'll never be perfect, but we have to strive to live our lives like Christ. Titus 1.16 says, They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. That's pretty in your face. That's pretty straightforward. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. Again, are there areas, are there things that you're doing in your life where the rest of the world's doing it or the world's applauding it? And again, as crazy as it may sound, it says right there, you're denying him by your works. And they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good work. God has called us to live a life like Christ. And there are some things that may be subtle that are easier to get out of your life. There are some things that may be major that you may need to do a major and ask God to give a major overhaul in this area of your life so that you can reflect Christ. I want to talk about some examples of what I have noticed of looking like the world or bringing the world into your life or bringing world into the church. And I may not get to the ones about bringing the world into the church. I may have to carry that into the next episode. But I do want to talk about what I've seen many Christians doing in their lives that I think makes them look like a part of the world. And again, I think it hurts our witness if we hold up a mirror and we're doing the same things the world is doing. What I'm talking about, alcohol. And I want to give you my opinion of alcohol. Again, you may not agree with this, but this is how I look at alcohol. I haven't ever drank. I don't plan to drink. I realize I think it's a personal choice to drink. I don't think it's a good idea. And I would ask why you drink alcohol. I think there are other many other drinks out there that don't have the ability to impair your mind that tastes just as good. And uh, this may sound sort of cheesy, but I haven't heard anyone being stopped for being under the influence of, let's just say, Dr. Pepper, because I'm from Texas and in Texas, Dr. Pepper is that that's the king sort of around here. At least most Texans I know love Dr. Pepper. My choice of drink is Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar with Cherry. Oh, I love it. That is my drink. I just I love it so much. But again, I know that there's a debate among Christians and they they say either they only drink with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, or they only drink in their house. But nevertheless, I want to give you some stats about alcohol. Because again, I talked about how if we are looking like the world, I really think it hurts our witness. In a 2021 report from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, they reported that 84% of U.S. adults 18 and over reportedly drank alcohol at some point in their lives. That's about 213 million people. In another report, about 33% of the world population currently drinks alcohol. And that's about 2.4 billion, with a B, people. 
Now, again, we don't want minors to drink. We tell them, stay away from alcohol and drugs. And then they see so many around them doing it. And it's one of those things, you know, of course, we're always going to be tempted. But I just I always find it fascinating when people say, you know, kids don't do drugs, don't do alcohol. And then when they look around, they see most of society doing it. And then they wonder why. Well, why can I do it if most of the world is doing it? Again, it's one of those things where I'm asking you to do a heart check. I'm not trying to throw any stones. I'm just saying I think that that is one of the areas that I have found to be the most prevalent in Christians' lives is that they're going out and that they're drinking alcohol, whether it's in the privacy of your own home or not. Again, maybe you would say that's between me and God. In some ways, I would agree with you. But again, I just don't think that it's a right choice to make in your lives. I did see another report that drinking increased during the pandemic in 2020. But the good news is that has since decreased by about 5% from last year to this year. So that isn't an encouraging sign. And I want to be clear about something, and that is that the Bible does not say that drinking is wrong. Because I try and back up most everything that I say with the Bible. And I'll tell you when it's my opinion. And like I said, I do believe that drinking alcohol is a choice. The Bible does not say that drinking is wrong. But Proverbs 20 verse 1 does say this, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Again, that says don't get drunk. Don't let don't let yourself fall into the temptation of, of becoming addicted to alcohol or turning to that for your answers. So it does warn against alcohol. And again, it doesn't say that it's wrong to drink it, but if the Bible's warning against something, I'm thinking maybe it's probably best to just stay away from it. I have seen the damage that alcohol can do in so many lives. Many are addicted to it or they turn to it to try and deal with issues in their lives. And again, I think it's better to err on the side of caution and just not drink at all. And I have found many articles, I found many articles on this topic, and the opinions sort of seem to be mixed. Many said it's okay to drink if you're a Christian. Some said, again, like what I just said, it's probably better to err on the side of caution and really not drink at all. But something that is important is that we are to set the example for the younger generation and for those Christians in our lives. And again, we tell them not to do drugs and alcohol. And if they look around and they see most everyone in their lives doing them, then I think that it hurts our witness. And there, I know there are some that like wine that would say, you know, it says in Psalm 104, 15 about how wine is was given to gladden the heart of man. And it sure does. I want to read Psalm 104, 14 and 15. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. I'm not sitting here saying that the Bible says that drinking alcohol is wrong. It is a choice. I don't think it's a wise choice, but I think that's one area that if many Christians would do a heart check, they would ask God, God, is this really the best choice? How could I be more like Christ? And maybe he will lead you to say, you know what? Don't drink alcohol. And maybe you've said, oh, well, I've never gotten drunk or I've never, I never drink enough to get drunk. Again, maybe he, the answer will be to get that out of your life. 
The next thing that I've seen many Christians take part in that I believe that makes us look like the world or make, makes them look like the world. And again, I've done these things myself, but I have talked to God about it. And I've said, you know, please forgive me. Please help me not to do this in my life. And that is going and seeing mainstream Hollywood films in theaters. Maybe it's a part of your dating routine. I know I've seen many couples on Facebook say, you know, it was date night. So we went to the movie and we saw this movie. And again, it's a typical Hollywood movie. And you may not see anything wrong with that, but I can tell you right now, Hollywood's values definitely are are not biblical. They do not support biblical values or beliefs. And when you go to see a film, you are telling Hollywood that, yes, I support. I'm coming to see your film. I am paying uh, for a ticket to come and see your film. Now, again, you might think this is sort of an ultra conservative view, but I don't. I know that many love, you know, the, the Marvel films that come out. Maybe you like the Star Wars or the Disney. But again, those are all mainstream Hollywood films that we have got to shy away from. I wasn't a big moviegoer anyway, but I have gone more in the last five years, and that's because there have been quite a few Christian-themed films that have come out. And I want to give some stats about moviegoing. Before 2020, there was a report that 1.32 billion movie tickets were sold in the U.S., and 44% of adults reported going to the movies at least once a month. And again, those numbers have changed since 2020, but not by that much. 41% of Americans... Go to the movies often or sometime, according to one report from last year. I also saw a report from CBS News. I don't know how accurate that is, again, with it being CBS News. We know they're part of the fake news. But it was from 2015, and it said only 11% of Americans believe films from Hollywood represent true American life. So then my question would be, why do you go to the movies? Are you going to be entertained? Are you going because you think that it can help you in your life? And again, if you're going to be entertained, I somewhat have a problem with that. Because again, we are not to seek God for entertainment in our lives. It's nice to be entertained. It's nice to have things that we enjoy doing and and seeing. But that is not what I believe part of the Christian walk is. It's all about working on our relationship with Christ. And so that's why I would ask is, is go, are you going to see the movie to be entertained? Are you going to see the movie because you think that'll help you grow closer to Christ? Because again, I can tell you right now, if it is from Hollywood, it is not going to help you grow closer to Christ. And I am coming up to the 20-minute mark, and as I said at the beginning, I do believe that it is best that I keep most of these podcasts right around 20 minutes. Really, 20 minutes is about as long as most people pay attention before they start tuning out. And I've got many great things to tell you, and so I will carry this into the next podcast. So let me say a quick prayer, and then I will close this out for today. Lord, thank you for today. And Lord, I pray that there would be so many that are listening today that would seek you and ask you to help them examine their lives and get the world out of whatever area of their lives that it is in so that we may live more like you and be a witness and have the world look at us. And when they look at us, they see Christ or they see something different because that can open the door for us to share the good news of the gospel with them. Lord, thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. And most importantly, also thank you for your word, your guide that you have given us and the way that we should live our lives. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. This is Truth From The Heart with Travis Sullivan. Remember, Jesus is King, Maranatha, and God bless until next time.